0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, August 3rd. The PLL is heading to Baltimore, and let me be the first to congratulate Lyle Thompson on being named the MVP of the 2023 MSL season. Just an unbelievable summer that Lyle's been putting up here, uh, and any team would be lucky to have him on their roster. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got my good friend and yours, the take Smith himself. We've got Dugs on the mic. And we are also fortunate enough to be joined by recurring guest, friend of the program, uh, Nick Acello. So, gentlemen, how are we doing today and uh, how are we feeling heading into the a
1: big word that you said you're fortunate to be joined by me. I, I, You know, to start things off on a positive note actually worries me a little bit more than if you were like, unfortunately, everybody else canceled and we had to have Nick. So I'll say I'm doing great now that uh, it was a positive tee up
0: here. Dukes well I, I mean here's the thing it's you're you're you have a, a, an ability to rub people the right way on twitter and that's what we love about you you're a you're a shit stirrer, you're an agitator you're our favorite agitator on on the internet so uh we'll we'll keep the pleasantries rolling until i don't know maybe 5 minutes into this episode and then we we'll can all get all after derailed. each other yeah then it'll love just it. devolve into chaos uh speaking of chaos now dukes uh how we how we feel and how are your mentions uh, anything cooling down as the days have been kind of waning on past the, uh, the, the Lyle debacle.
2: I-, I learned not to drink and tweet this week. I-, I noticed myself going back into the arguments every time I was drinking. And then I just learned the mute button. So I- I've been muting a lot of people, muting a lot of conversations, but it- it's been a fun week. I-, I like to get into the mix on Twitter. I like, I like these powerful arguments. Um, I, I, I did not know that it was going to cause go down some alleys that it went down, but um, it, it was a good week for lax Twitter. I mean, a lot, a lot of shit happened.
0: Yeah. So we're, uh, I mean, Nick, you've been acting as the uh, presiding as the honorable judge really on all things lax Twitter, uh, you know, centric. Are, are we calling it or still lax Twitter, right? It can't be lax X. Although lax yeah. X would be cool. Like lax with two X's kind of like TJ Maxx. Yeah. Like, just TJ lacks. Um, but you, you've been, I mean, this, this is probably like your third or fourth case that you've had to preside over.
1: Uh, second actually. And what's actually very funny about that is the Ottawa Capitals lacks was the first guy that Photoshopped me as a judge. And in the second ever case, he was actually the loser of the case. Um, (laughs) but it's good. It's good to see, uh, people riled up. Um, I think this, was one of the first cases in which it publicly crossed the racism line, which was always an interesting, fun one. And I, I overall think it's a good thing because it really was reflective of how the internet acts as a whole. It wasn't just an echo chamber of lacrosse takes. You spend enough time arguing online, eventually somebody's going to call you a racist. And I'm surprised that it took this long for a quote unquote prominent member of the lacrosse community to be called as such. Um, so I think it's a step forward. And I think that there's a positive spin to it because welcome to the internet, lacrosse Twitter. It, it was only a matter of time.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It was also good in the sense that people are calling me an idiot, moron, which like I knew was going to happen. But when people that don't watch lacrosse are texting me and they're sending me memes of like me, like like my friends busting my balls, like, oh, you are a racist because of this take and like all this shit. And like they see the dialogue. That's good for the sport. I did not expect to be called a racist o- over the take. I will say I think the most underrated tweet of the week was by Jordy, and I got called the racist. And somebody goes, "Buddy, you should see what he what he says about the white lacrosse players." <laughs> it's like, well,
1: and and let me preface this entire thing by clearly stating, dudes, you were wrong. You you were dead wrong in your least. assessment. And the 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 truth of the matter is is the cannons are. You, you literally took a U-turn and went the wrong way and just went around the entire world and wound up at the same spot that you should have. And so let me start off by criticizing you just a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead. Right? Conclusion. What a disaster of a way that you got there. I mean, it, it just really didn't make any sense that he can't play with the right speed, the PLL, the differences. And I was like, okay, so good to know that he is an idiot. But – The Cannons are objectively better without Lyle Thompson. So the roundabout take and the way that you got there, and let me further criticize you starting off the bat, to, to double and triple and quadruple and drink and just get in these pissing shit matches. If you stopped after one day, that would have been magical. I'm still seeing, you know, like, have a great day, have a great life. I have real estate in your head. And the cherry on top of Lyle Thompson winning the MVP of the MSL just kind of brought it all back to life. And what's going to be very interesting is the next five years, anytime Lyle Thompson does anything, it's all going to circle back to how big of an idiot would you be if you said that this guy can't play lacrosse. So unfortunately, I think you're married to this idea that you hate Lyle Thompson, even though that's not true. It was how you got there that was the big
2: shit stirrer. See, I, I also, I will, I will, I don't even know what five times down will be, but I'll five times down on this take. People are telling me throwing me his assist and everything. I don't necessarily mean, think that assists equals good ball movement. I think the ball movement with the Cannons this year, to the past two years that they've had him, and I know it's different coaching staff, it's different players. A twenty twenty one team. People are hyped up about that roster, hyped up about the Quirk thing. I have receipts of people in the lacrosse community being pumped that they had Quirk as their coach. So. I think that the ball movement this year won't wouldn't necessarily fit his style of play. And I hate when people keep bringing it back to box. I'm not talking about box. I'm Dude, not talking it, about the speed of box. Yeah, if he was, was on the so chaos, many... if he was on the chaos, he'd be like the best player. He'd be the best player on the chaos. I'm not saying that. There's certain like players that I think he'd fit with. I'm not sure the cannons fit that. Well, and that's, that's
1: the exact point was like, if if you're structuring an offense and you have Jordan Wolf, Tom Schreiber, Michael Sowers, uh, you know, maybe Josh Byrne, maybe not like all these guys who can just absolutely slice and dice and ball movement is key. Great. If you were to put Lyle Thompson on an attack unit with, uh, you know, again, Sowers and uh, Wolf, it wouldn't be a great fit because he's the guy that's going to draw the attention of the entire defense and you need off ball players. You know, Eric law, we'll call we'll throw Sergio Perkovic out there. I know he's not having the best year, but still like those guys that know how to hunt and find the space backside. And and all you had to do is just be like, Hey, here's, here's why, even if you did the fact that you were still doubling and tripling down. And that's what I love about it is Jordy, you mentioned it before we started recording there's going to be a clip that's pulled from this, what we're talking about right now. And it's going to be 15 seconds and it's going to be followed up by a point that explains it beautifully. Could happen to any one of us at this point. Yeah. But the clip that hits Twitter, it's just the most beautiful thing about the internet is it's a race to the bottom. No one is like, huh, I wonder what Duke said to follow that up. They just go, you know what? I'm pissed off and I'm going to bring it up online and get mad about
0: it. I, I think what's really great about that is like, so on, on Twitter, it's impossible to have con- like any sort of nuanced conversation. If you try to go to Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it and have any sort of nuanced conversation, like you're going to the wrong place. You go to Twitter because you want to bitch and complain at people and then you want to get off like a couple of random dick jokes. Anyone trying to have a nuanced conversation there, you're barking up the wrong tree. So then you have a, a podcast, a platform where you can go on for as long as we possibly want, where we can say and, and and kind of, you know, kind of maneuver our way around this sort of conversation where Dukes didn't just say, hey, Lyle Thompson stinks at lacrosse and the Cannons are so much better without him. There was nuance to it. But the fact that clips are here, mm-hmm. and and so now we just have a 50-second 50, 50 clip and like, that's what it is. Like no one gives a fucking shit about the rest of the episode. Everyone's like, all right, this 50 seconds is all I need to hear to know for a fact that Dukes hates Lyle Thompson is a racist has like probably killed four puppies in his life and doesn't know anything about ball. So um, yeah. Clip culture is incredible. Uh, and it's just, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's the, the way where we're at as a society of a people, I, I think that we, uh, we truly deserve clip culture. We don't deserve anything anything more.
1: Well, and it it's, it, it literally all started with COVID and everybody being eternally online. And it, everybody learned during COVID that you have to pick a side and if you're not on my side then you're Hitler. And <laughs> I really think that the summation of all of this was everybody saying you either agree with everything that I say or you're promoting the systemic racism that keeps everybody down. And you're a white man and you're a piece of shit and you're associated with barstool. (laughs) It really is this fantastic. You're either with me or you're with Nazi Germany. And eventually every argument is going to deviate into that. If you know, talk about nuance being out, even if there was nuance, they're they're still going to say, well, guess what? They're going to throw every term out there. The amount of times in, and let me say this that what do you the worst Twitter account out there has to be that Adlam guy. It doesn't matter oh, what oh anybody does. he's going to throw the book at you with you are uh white uh white privilege, dog whistle, racist bar stool, and like no matter what, no matter what the topic is, that's being forced into the conversation. So you know, you want to blame anybody for this whole thing. Blame COVID for making everybody eternally online and having to force people to choose sides about race when it was about the restructuring of a fucking PLL offense.
2: There was there was so much like the, him being like Dukes isn't. I never said Dukes was racist, and then it's like yet, <laughs> like as if it was inevitable <laughs> that it going to become racist at one point or another. But I thought that was, that was a fun little like, tidbit. I had to meet that guy. Didn't want to even give him the satisfaction of being blocked. But, yeah, I, I mean, just going back, just to, to kind of let people know my thought process, I had people text me. I, I, someone texted me the, the comparison to Connor Fields' MVP season. And then, you know, take him away from the chaos during the bubble, and they go on their run. So there is instances of viewing Effect being real. Um, do I think Lyle Thompson is a good player? I'm going to go on the, the hot take. And, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I just want people. I want to clear the air on that. I, I, I'm going to say yes. Well, the
1: other tough part that that was, I, I mean, semi frustrating. I didn't care that much. I didn't care certainly as much as you did, Dukes. Holy smokes! Uh, it, is really that? It 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 was packaged up as oh, he's just saying a ridiculous take. Like everybody wants to be the take guys. Yeah it wasn't even like a take it was just an opinion and a reasonable conclusion and everybody was like oh he's just spouting the hot take crazy guy wacky thing to try and to try and get clicks if you if i was listening to that episode i probably wouldn't have even a single doubt that you were even bringing anything into it other than oh the cannons restructured their offense lyle thompson is not a part of it and they're better off for it but the fact that everybody rushed to claiming that you were like trying to manufacture a take—that's another stupid thing that I kind of. That might be my least favorite thing about society, uh, aside from like one hundred and fifty other things, <laughs> is you have an opinion and it just is like, oh, that's just you are trying to be the hot take, crazy, wacky guy. It's like I am really not. I am just talking. It, it's think, okay to not be a take guy. It's I think
0: that of one. I on think that. that one of my favorite things that I saw. Throughout the entirety of this ordeal, uh, is is it Adam Levy? Is, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So NLL guy. Uh, he he mentioned like, hey, like like Dukes isn't a racist. He's just the dumbass. Like he is just so dumb to to have this opinion. And I thought that that was that really hit the the nail on the head because it's not. It's not Dugues being this, this like mastermind, like sitting behind the scenes with like puppet strings, like just kind of perfectly crafting this hot take that he knows is going to turn into a hot take grenade to throw into lax Twitter. And it's also not a guy who's right. It's just a guy who, uh, you know, we, we get in front of a microphone for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half once a week, we say what's on our mind and sometimes the things that are on our mind are just like baffling. Um, how I about? would, th- I would though like to kind of run this through though, the court of appeals. Like I, I do think, I do think that we can get to a point where maybe we can get enough people to listen to a, enough of this episode to where they understand where Dukes is coming from. Because right now, like I I agree with you that Dukes, his thought process is uh, it's cluttered with jackassery, but I think though, it, it's not quite as wrong as you think it is.
1: Diggs, can you can you state exactly and i've well, already I, given I, you. well the I, I, so <laughs> I, I would like to
0: speak on behalf of my client real quick yeah i, I would just because i've had enough time to think about this i've been able to di- digest it from the start to the finish and i think like at no point did Dukes ever say that lyle thompson is a bad lacrosse player in fact he's come out and said numerous times that he's one of the best in the world that's not the argument and, though but but here's the thing so what i'm like now, I'm not I'm not a car guy, so this might be a metaphor that just doesn't work out, but like like Lyle Thompson is like a like a Ferrari, right? And so you wouldn't the rest of the Cannons last year might have been like a Subaru outback. No offense to Subaru owners I out have there. a
1: Subaru outback in the garage. <laughs> I, Watch of, your mouth. I
0: kind of figured that you did. You Watch your mouth. crunchy granola, Colorado, fucking hiking. I live in Idaho,
1: so I'm like a gritty yellowstone uh, guy.
0: That's
2: well, yeah, kind
0: of fire. But either way, you wouldn't, I would imagine that if you put the engine of a Ferrari into your Subaru Outback, eventually like that would be too powerful for it to work in. So like at some point the Subaru Outback is better off with just having a Subaru engine. And I, and I think that that's kind of like Duke's Duke's isn't saying that the Canons' offense is better without Lyle because he's a bad player. They're almost better off because like you don't want to have the best player in the world on that offense where it's like, like that offense, they just need all guys who are kind of similar capabilities to just kind of snap the ball around. Like, again, he, he said, uh, when dudes, when, you, when you said that the ball dies in Lyle stick, a lot of people took a lot of offense to that thinking so that, that, you that call- he's a
2: selfish player.
0: They, they thought that you were saying that he's a selfish player. And I don't think that that's what you were saying. No. I think, I think when you have Lyle Thompson on your team, the best player on the planet right now, the game plan is probably, yeah, let's give the ball to that guy, the really, really good guy. Let's give him the ball and let, like, something happen. The only thing is, like, the the rest of the guys, like, that's where – I think that's especially where the box and field, like, divergent, is, is at, like, the biggest because – like, I, I think that off ball, like, off ball movement in the box game is just so much better than it is in the field game. I don't, maybe that's because they focus on it more. Maybe that's because you can, like, literally tackle a guy to set an off ball pick. But, like, the off ball movement in box is so much. So, like, you can have the ball in Lyle's stick, and someone's going to get to the perfect spot open for him. And then that's where he's going to get all of his assists, where, you know, you try to do the same thing with the Cannons offense some of those guys might not get open nearly as much as they would, you know, when he's playing with the swarm or playing with six nations, or like you were saying earlier, if he was playing in that chaos offense where it's all box guys, and you're going to have Dane Smith figuring out a way to uh, Dane Smith. He's like six, eight biggest body out there. And somehow he still has 10 yards of space around him. Cause he's so good off ball. So um, I, I just think that as a fit, he's, he was almost too, like too good for that offense and you bring everyone six guys of the same caliber together. I think that that kind of gels a little bit more Then again, the meta, I'm not a car guy. So if like people are like, dude, you could put a Ferrari engine in a Subaru, like, all right, that's cool. I, whatever. I'm not a car guy, but I would imagine that that's at some point, like less is more. And that's what's happening with this ca- uh, cannon's offense. What I'm,
1: what I'm begging people to do online is to not compare box to field like it it really is wild and that's why this was one of my favorite things is because there were just layers to the stupidity Dukes had a stupid reasoning to get to a correct take and I understand Jordy I hate to say it you're relatively right I think that analogy was an interesting one I personally might not have gone with cars if I don't know anything about cars However, I don't know much
0: about a lot of things. I just know, I about, know like, a little about a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: You could have said it's like trying to, you know, braise a Wagyu steak. You know, how about that? Maybe keep it in the meat. Just throw that on the grill, <laughs> keep it in its roll. Um, but but the layers of it were were beautifully stupid. Starting with Dugues is an idiot, Dugues, blah, blah, blah. Simple, smooth brain take is Dugues is a racist. The galaxy brain 5D chess take is that this was a coordinated hit piece job by the PLL and Barstool to discredit Lyle Thompson because he chose not to play in the PLL. That's my favorite reasoning behind anything ever. But to your point, Jordy, the, the thing that drives me nuts about Box Twitter in particular, A, they can't take a joke. For being like the funny, wacky Canadian, we're all friendly, they are the least funny most ninety-degree cement corner angle buttoned up. If you're not talking about box lacrosse in the way we are, then I'm pissed off, and that the PLL is a joke. Meanwhile, the PLL's marketing efforts have been fantastic, and I say blown any lacrosse organizations, you know, out of the league. People are wearing, you know, Michael Sowers jerseys and Apple jerseys. Maybe not use Apple in this argument, or by any means, but like just nationwide, PLL's done a great job. I think the NLL has a better product. But to take what Lyle Thompson does in box and try and translate it to field is comparing apples to Ferraris. It it doesn't make any sense. Lyle Thompson holding the ball with the stick and indoors, this is where you were correct. There is constant motion on offense. You have 30 seconds. You can cross check. You can set picks. You can borderline tackle people. The rule set in PLL, you cannot do that. So Dugues, again, hate to say that you're right, but The ball doesn't necessarily die in his stick, but the rule book is not created in a way which allows people to hunt space and feeds and have the same quickness that you'll see in indoor. And this whole PLL and LL pissing match always finds its way into arguments like this. So it's, it's why I branded you as the winner, because again, you weren't inherently incorrect. And once you actually get a little bit more nuanced, which I hate nuance, uh, it actually makes even more sense, but the box community refuses because Lyle Thompson can play quick. Cause it's box. It's not the same thing at all.
2: The, and the thing with the cannons offense, especially is what I keep coming back to. If you plopped Lyle, like this was where the, the take kind of stemmed from. If you plopped Lyle and put him on the cannons right now, he's like, Hey, I want to play. I'm not so sure that I would mess up that attack line right now. Who would you take out? MVP candidate, Asher Nolting. MVP candidate, Marcus Holman. And Cav is having a rejuvenation and he's finding his role as like the third guy. So I'm not so sure where he fits, which is crazy to say. Now I'll go back. Clip that and
1: post it and let's just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. And this is just going off to the the, the clips when people are like, have you even considered that the Canons have a new coach and they added new offensive pieces? It's like, yeah, man, I talk about lacrosse for an hour every week. I I, kind of hit on that. But, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really know where Lyle will fit in this year. Next year is a different story. You reevaluate every single season, um, plays you got in, players that are coming out. But um, Well, and he's a player
1: that you have to build around too. Like, he, he's not the guy that you can plug into an already existing system. Like, again, using the cannons, you have Marcus Holman, great outside shooter, Asher Nolting, who's going to command the respect of the defense and Matt Kavanaugh, the do-it-all lefty who can play on the opposite side of the field, hunt, space, score, dodge. Like, again, you plug Lyle Thompson in there, it might not make the most sense because if you're building an offense, great way to do it is to put pieces around him. Like, yeah, maybe you take Asher Nolting out because he's going to command the respect and you can try and find Marcus Holman on the backside, but then you're taking Asher Nolting out and Lyle Thompson can certainly use physicality. I feel like it's not talked about just how damn physical he can be when he backs down um, opposing players, but let's not compare his physicality to Asher Nolting's. It's, it's, you know, it's compiling an offense in which you have strengths and weaknesses. And Lyle Thompson is not going to fit in every single offense as good as other players are, which only makes it even more beautiful that everybody's claiming that. Well, because you said Lyle Thompson doesn't fit in the offense, you're an idiot. Well, then can, well, then you plug him in with three quick shifty players and watch him not have any space to operate. Watch him not have somebody to feed the ball to watch him not have, high IQ off ball players and that offense will take
0: a dump every time they go on on the field and just real real quick so like I I know you haven't played with Lyle but you are at least closer than than either of us have been and you've played with guys of at least closer to similar caliber than than Dugs and I have but like when you get a guy yeah, like that that's like pretty you, safe bet well I mean I've, I've played I once I've saved
2: Jared Newman shot <laughs> yeah, I can get yeah. in front of that
1: thing. Well, that.
0: here's the thing as a guy who's played D3 and currently the best player in the PLL is Cross Ferrara, I I'm technically above everybody. Um but what what I'm getting like like is there a point where there are guys like Lyle where everybody else on the field, like you, you just, you defer to that guy. Like he, like it's not that you can't just plug him into an offense and let him be a role player because he wouldn't be able to do that. But because everyone else on the team is like, like I I just feel like there have to be some of those guys out there where it doesn't matter if you're also playing with like the best players in the world. It's like, shit, like this guy is so good that just like instinctually I'm going to defer to him and make sure that I get him the ball because he's that guy.
1: Yeah. And using, um, hate that I have to use box as an example, because when I was playing PLL, we didn't have a guy like that. Um, so like the example I would use is John Grant jr. When I was playing for the mammoth, now I was doing uh defense but the entire offense knew we need to get the ball to junior because he is a step above every single person. And you really only get that when you have, you know, a player that is the best in the world at one specific thing. Like Lyle, I would say is the most talented and creative player in the world. It's just strictly talent, strictly creative. The best player I've ever played against is Jordan Wolf. He was just faster than everybody else. There was nothing that you could do to stop it. And if you didn't prepare every single time, um, you were going to get dusted. Playing against the Lizards when we were a, a defensive unit for the Outlaws, Rabel was the guy. He was going to initiate. He was going to be the guy up top that their offense deferred to. So what makes that interesting is now you have to scheme defensively on how to stop that. Uh, Jordan Wolf, you have to slide early because he's going to get space from his defenseman. You don't slide early and get to his hands above GLE. He's going to beat the slide and he's going to score. You look at Rabel, same thing. You need to slide early, which means you're going to have space on the backside for him to throw a bad assist pass at his attackman's feet. We would always decide to give that up. And with Lyle Thompson, the tough thing is that he toys with the entire defense. He's not a player that blows by every single defenseman that he's on. He'll post them up at five at five. He's the best player of all time, maybe him or John Grant Jr. at getting to that five and five island. Is he going to go underneath? Is he going to go over the top? We have to respect that. So the defense is hedging out to him, but he's also creative and talented enough that when we start hedging out, he's going to throw a perfect pass to the backside. Dukes, as you mentioned, people could make the argument that it dies in his stick, but while it's dying in his stick, he is actually breaking down the entire defense. But that's a dif- that's an offensive choice that you get to right. make. Let's have the entire defense gravitate towards Lyle Thompson. We don't slide early. He's going to do something crazy. We slide early. He's going to find the hole. But you need to build the offense around that, and the Cannons did not have the pieces
2: in place to do that. 100%. And all, Last year, as people keep referring to me. Uh talking to me about last season with the Canons, that's not what I'm talking about at, at all. Last year was just a wash. The 2021 team was pretty damn good. They were a couple goals away from probably being like a four seed, three seed, um, just because of like that score differential and a couple goals go, go go their way. But yeah, just what you said about him playing at five at five, posting up, he gets the assist on that hypothetical play. That doesn't necessarily mean good ball movement and the Cannons' style right now. The number, by the way, the number one efficient offense according to Joe Keegan, um, since the 2009 erection of the PLL or whatever <laughs> erection, Don't... surrection.
0: Uh, are you talking? Pardon are me? you talking? In, in, are you talking insurrection over there, racist dudes? Are you talking boners or January 6th?
2: <laughs> what's the difference? Do your favorite things. Yeah, what's the difference? Um, no, but I, I just think that the Cannons offense is just unselfish style of play. I think that it's also, by the way, tough, brave of me to admit, but I'm calling it now. Lyle will either move on, go to another team, and he will win MVP. He'll be he'll end up like with the chaos and they'll win three titles. Um but it, it's just gonna be interesting to see what the what the Cannons do. I mean, their offense looks legit. Lyle's yeah, and, really and, and I was
1: talking to Cav the other day, and he was like, This, this has been a breath of fresh air. And in the same way, my, my criticism of the Redwoods would be relevant to this kind of discussion that we're having right now. You have Jones and Perkovic. Do you want a big bruising meet, m- midfield? And then you have – midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Boners. Boners. Erection. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, you, you have Pinnell. You have Garnsey. You have all these different pieces that aren't really meshing together under a cohesive here's the style and brand of our offense. So, like, you put Lyle Thompson on the Redwoods. How is he going to play with Pennell and Garnsey? Because Garnsey's going to do the American version, uh, you know, like the New Hampshire version, lefty. I'm trying to, like, do all this weird shit with my left hand. Pennell's going to go either way. So does Lyle clear space? Does Ryder clear space? Um, You know, as far as offensive efficiency goes, I think the number one most important thing is having a cohesive identity on what you want to do, who's going to initiate what is your role offensively? Right. And I don't think uh, that's easy to do. And, and it's something that you need to keep in mind for trades and for everything like that. It's why I think old coaches sometimes are very hit or miss because they might be like, oh, we're going to run this style. And it's like, no, no, no. Like find the players to run the style that works for them. You're You're more putting up like, guardrails for a river to flow through as opposed to college coaches who can kind of get a fresh batch of players and say, here is our offensive identity. What's developed you to fit into it. You already have the offensive identity of every player. You saw them play for four years in college. They're not going to tweak that like a college kid can. You need to have these guardrails and systems in place to make sure that the offense that you're running fits the players, not having the players fit an offensive scheme.
0: Seems like a pretty solid uh, argument for why there should probably be some GMs in PLL rather than just coaches.
1: Yeah, GMs that are separate from the coach. When the coach and the GM is the same person, and you're like, "Hey, coach, you mind if I get paid more? And I might not come to training camp if that's not the case." But also, I'm really dedicated to the team. Little,
2: some, some interesting dynamics there. It's, it is, and it's also the, it's. I think we're getting into what year four or five of the PLL, and I think that relationships between players and certain coaches are forming and are all at a point at Or
1: imploding on themselves. Right,
2: e- either or, and they, the coaches are getting so blinded by like their love for their player or their hate for a player. So I think that GMs have to come sooner rather than later. Um, do you want to be a GM?
1: No, <laughs> I I would decline the position to be a GM, I And what's interesting about that, uh, I'll start off by serious and then I'll get back to being like wacky funny blue yeah. type of guy. Uh, it it really is like, I wish you could take like the marketing arm and the content from the Pll and merge it with how the Nll is structured with the home teams, with the agreements, with the arenas, um with the players association, like, I, I would very much encourage you to get Zach Courier on this episode or on, a, on another episode to talk about how is the NLL structured? How is the PLL structured? Because he's the head of the Players Association for the NLL. Mm-hmm. It is so buttoned up and dialed. And I remember when I was uh, a rookie, um, or it might have been year two, uh, I don't know, it was all one disaster. Uh, I signed a contract, and then a couple of the players reached out to me and were like, hey, Nick, what the fuck? We're in a lockout right now because they're not signing the CBA. And I was like, what do you mean a lock? First off, how am I supposed to know about this? Second off, if I join a lockout, I'm the first guy that, that's like, okay, well, we actually have leverage because if we sign the CBA, it applies to Nick Ocello, So we're not signing it. Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is because, again, the, the rumor trumers in the PLL have always been very interesting because there's a lack of transparency between the league and between the players on things like um, what are the salaries, the NLL, you get the playing salary and you get the marketing salary. And in the NLL that's sent to an email to every player, you know, what all your teammates are making, you know, what the contracts look like. And in the PLL, it was like, Oh yeah, you know, here's our salary cap. Meanwhile, we're hearing that some people in the league are making, you know, three, four times the playing salary under this marketing salary so that the, the total um, like the total spend and the total income was significantly more, but they could advertise, listen, you know, this guy's only making, you know, 40 grand. Why are you asking for more? So th- there's still some things that need to be ironed out, right? Some of it rumors, some of it not, but the second it is, I think this league goes to Mars because you'll see a much better on product field separating the coach and the GM role.
2: Yeah. I think I I told, I, I I don't know about the rumors or rumors, so I'm not talking about that, but I do agree with you one hundred percent. When I think when the GMs and coaches get separated and you know, we start seeing the home markets and you start seeing a players association, um, I, I do I do agree that like that's that's when the league will take off. And I always tell people this Yeah, that's
1: exactly what I just said. That's a good opinion. Yeah,
2: but I was just trying to I was just trying to be um, smart about it and just kind of just take what you said and just repeat it. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, hold on real. So just to let's, let's just put a quick little button on, on the Lyle thing. So I I think that we've, we've got through everything that we needed to get through there. I think that court of appeals as, as run its course, we can go back to the court of public opinion. That'll be on, uh, twitter.com or whatever the hell it is now. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what dude, you brought up a good point where, you know, you're talking about, you know, this year's cannons and everyone feels the need to bring up, you know, the 2021 cannons. And that's just premium, premium Twitter bullshit, where uh, it doesn't matter what you do or what you say. There's always something out there where someone can pull it up to try to prove you wrong. Uh, I think it's, it's something that, it, it, it's what makes Twitter great. It, it's just a big dumb plague that is just a, a parasite on all of our brains for years and years and years. And it's, I, I think that Twitter is one of my favorite drugs in the world. Um, and you know, the fact that, you know, lacrosse is now getting to a point where um, we're, we're just equally as parasitic as the rest of the, the internet. I think that we're at a great place and uh, dudes, I know that you brought up uh, something that you wanted to ask Nick. Uh, earlier in the episode. And I think it'd be good if maybe we all kind of ran down through uh, some of our least favorite and maybe even some most favorite things about lax Twitter. Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. So did did any come to mind? uh, Yeah.
1: The the number one thing is uh, the confidence. I I hate the confidence with which everybody says everything. Um, Looking at you, Dugues, but also looking at everybody else, the, I don't know how people form their opinions. And I know more about your opinion forming than most because there's podcast, you know, there's everything Mm -hmm. like that. But the amount of times I'll just see something that is blatantly wrong, said with 1000% confidence that is correcting somebody that knows a hundred times more about the given subject is far and away my least favorite thing. The confidence with which people are online being idiots and then refusing to provide any sort of backup. Like, I think X, why? <laughs> Cause fuck you, that's why. It's like, well, that doesn't really help me out a lot, but you know what, I'm sorry I engaged in this. So the blind confidence is my number one, not even close to a second.
2: I, I, I kind of can go off that with, with, the, with the confidence. For me, I'm not so sure it's a lacrosse Twitter thing. For me, I think it's just a me thing. I think that any time that I, it's just like if I'm going to get into debate, I'm going to be confident about it. Um, that 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 that's just my take on the on. Well, the, being
1: confident is different than like providing reasoning. You know, it's it's.
2: Well, you're not going to provide reasoning on Twitter. I mean, just like you said, it. Yeah, Twitter. you are. There's, there's no. Yeah, reason. You are but reasoning you, isn't like. With you, I could have reason and I could go back and forth with you and I could we'll have a conversation about it. But with most people, they don't want to hear reason. They notes tap them it. to death. Yeah, yeah. And then you can notes tap them, and then you look like an asshole. I've got to start getting into
1: no apps.
2: Oh yeah. I, I you have just never
1: just posted. Tweet them. notes taps.
2: Like yeah, even like shit. a two two character tweet.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, how's everyone doing? Notes app Screenshot. <laughs> uh dudes, I I I think I know what your least favorite. Thing about oh, last would have to be uh, you you deal with them a lot, so I'm I'm waiting to see if you pick this or else I'm I'm gonna have to take it off your hands. So
2: I, I was gonna go with the lacrosse coaches on Twitter.
0: Oh, I like hate wow. the
2: people. I hate the people that were like, uh, pull up, okay, pull okay. Up not the film so room, not like pull okay. up the film room and then be like, oh, like look at this, like brennan O'Neill, blah blah blah. Like they're in my DMs. I'll talk with them. They're nice guys. They're not bad people. But Jesus Christ, like we don't need this right now. It, it's It's not supposed to be that serious. And then when you get someone that actually knows, like Nick was talking about, that knows what they're talking about, dunking on them, and they're like, no, 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 no. And then they go into like a, a fucking loophole. Um, trying to get themselves out of uh, the whole I mean I, I don't know. That that pisses me off. I hate okay, it. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought
0: at first you were talking like like Andy Copeland on Twitter. And I was gonna say I kinda kind of enjoy that oh, every once in a while. A while. Uh, yeah, no the 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 lax Twitter coaches like breaking down everything. And listen, there are a few of them that I that I enjoy. As a as a high school coach I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't taken some shit off of some uh, lax Twitter coaches and, and implemented them into either, you know, drills or whatever. So some of them I appreciate, but I agree. Like there was the, the one guy who, uh, what was he say? Like Brennan took like the worst shot he's ever seen, like going down the alley. And he's like, this is like, Oh, like Duke Duke, uh, like, tried to force like the worst shot ever and this was like such a terrible game strategy and it's like well again like brennan o'neill's a guy just put the fucking ball in a stick he's gonna wind up with his hands about eight feet away from his body and then he's gonna score a goal and then everyone can shut up about it so the fact yeah the fact that you got a guy on twitter from god knows where saying that donowski doesn't know what he's doing um pretty wild
2: i thought stick to youtube stick to youtube the coaches. That's my thing. Yeah.
0: Um speaking of which, make sure that everyone is subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh leave a couple likes, maybe some comments, helps out with the algorithm and all that stuff. And guess what? Doesn't cost you a lick of money. Doesn't even cost you a single dime. So, like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz. Uh I really thought that you were going to go with burner accounts on Lax Twitter. Quite easily the biggest batch of cowards known to man. Um listen, I I think that lacks Twitter right now. We've, we've got a good crop of guys who put their, put their face to their name, their name to their face, and they're not afraid to say complete dumbassery on twitter.com about the, the beautiful game of lacrosse. We have so many people out there um, just spewing out opinions left and right. Some of them are, are right. Some of them are dead wrong. Some of them are the dumbest things that you've ever heard ever. Not, pointing any fingers here or anything like that um the fact that there are then people who are such cowards uh and just total bozos that they're gonna go ahead and set up an anonymous account a burner account um and just to bitch about everything those people suck and also nick i I know that you're uh not a huge fan of the uh the, the lax betting accounts, the, those mm. burner accounts as well. So uh, pretty much anyone who doesn't put their actual name or face to the account. Got to get I've those people off. Really of, of LAX that's
1: starting a burner. Like it just seems like so much fun. Sounds like something that a
0: guy with a burner would say to throw everyone
1: off his tail. I I thought about it. My problem would be like, I'd sign off and be like, and you know, dash Nick, like, ah, you're stupid. You You, suck. You're ugly. You'd like Kevin Durant yourself
0: or you'd say like, Hey, like great idea, Nick. And it turned out to be like, you're saying, I'd give myself up right away. The
1: the frustrating thing with burners is the the world is truly your oyster. You can be anyone you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. Why do you choose to be a loser? Like, (laughs) I don't inherently have a problem. Like Ghetto Gary Gate on Instagram. Pretty funny meme account. I like some of the stuff they post. Some other burner accounts, I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. No context across. I don't know who runs that, but it's an all right account. And then people make fake accounts to be losers. That that's the part that drives me crazier. Like, look, we're up seven units off of our hypothetical money. Follow us, DM us, join our Discord. Like of all the things, like. I'm certainly not a fan of that like Mikey over guy who like does that and Jersey swaps with Michael Sowers. Like that guy kind of want to just slap him around a little bit, but I respect that. He's like, at least, Hey, you're a horrific gambling account, but good on you. You're there. There's a need for that. The, 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 world your oyster i'm going to choose to be a loser that's where anonymous accounts really just drive me nuts why would you choose to be a loser mate be funny be anything but a loser come on are we doing a snake or is it my turn again
2: yeah we're just kind of just rattling off yeah your
1: turn we're just Uh, chopping it up god i i had a good one uh in the same vein of like people who are confident about being an idiot The players who say I'm right because I played at a high level, that drives me kind of nuts. And I'll throw Greg Garenlian under the bus here because (laughs) the, the example of that was the USA roster build. Granted, they ended up winning gold, but the entire idea of like, I like this roster. Well, Greg, I have criticisms of it. Well, did you ever play for Team USA? Did you ever face off? Did you ever play in Israel? Did you ever do this? No, that doesn't mean that an opinion is invalid. And again, it all goes back to like staying on topic of an argument. Anybody can have an argument. Anybody can have an opinion. But if you're blindly making an opinion and you're an idiot about it up yours. And if you played at a high level and you're saying, I know this because you don't know what you're talking about because you didn't play for team USA. Well, that's also the dumbest thing that you could possibly do. And it discredits your own opinion. Like, play at a high level and explain why the rosters were structured that way as opposed to I did it you didn't now again everything that I say I like to lean into the extremes of it so like I like saying oh well where did you play like as a as a total bit but it comes from a place of very real frustration why would you say oh well you only played d3 you didn't even play anything like that you're you just you just showed your hand as being an idiot
2: yeah, I it's it's in every sport though. It's like, oh, you didn't play, oh, you, oh, you didn't play in the Fiesta Bowl. Like, okay, you can't talk about college football now. Like, I, hate I do think that. that though. <laughs> I, I kind of do. You did play in the Fiesta across. Bowl, did you? That's not? why I talk across.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> but
2: like, just, people are just like, you can't have an opinion because you didn't play. It's like, I'm not, I, and this is just for everyone just to know. I'm not. I don't consider myself like an analyst or anything. I'm a fan. I just like to talk. I like to shit post. I like to get to get into Twitter arguments. That's really it. I'm just a fan who likes the game. An expert never claimed to be. Um, I, I'd say that something I don't even know if this is hate more than I love, but I this happened the other day on Instagram. This happened on Twitter. But when someone talks shit to me, I'm like, oh my god, what do you guys doing with that stupid ass account? And then I'm just like, look at the DMs and they're like, hey man, really love what you guys are doing <laughs> with the free <laughs> time. That yeah, that's that's something I love. And then it's like Get someone that actually played the cross. It's like, where do you play? And it's like, D two limestone, final four, back to back years. And it's like, okay, like let me check out your your stats. And then you're you're a bench player. It's like, come on, man. I it's just like stop talking. Like like you just won the national championship with Notre Dame. So th- those people are just the worst. Uh,
1: another one for me is like the the people that did achieve a level of success and like you know you you pull away the the banner of like, these are pro athletes, right? You know, I I was one, dudes. you weren't. So I know what I'm talking about and you don't. And then seeing people go on and do shit that I'm like, I saw you black out and piss your pants on Friday. Why are you talking about your workout routine on Saturday? Like can, going on with these online personas about grinding and how hard you have to work and, and everything like that, mm. which leads me to maybe my least favorite thing, not just in Twitter, but in the entire sport of lacrosse, the the phrase "grow the game." I'm I'm I've become the biggest hater of that phrase. Grow the game by coming to our tournament that nets us 500k. Grow the game by coming to our clinic. Grow the game. I'm growing the game by this. Uh, you know, c- contributing to the discourse of lacrosse on Twitter. What are we talking about here? Like that, everybody is in the same agreement. Lacrosse has been the fastest growing sport for my entire life. We're still not very far. Lacrosse. Everybody. Every single person is dedicating their life seemingly to growing the game. Don't see anybody else doing shit to grow the game. Like there, there are so many things. And again, to, to speak strictly on my own experience, started a company to go out and road trip to work with lesser uh, non-developed areas at an affordable price point. Was living out of a fucking van to do so. Pandemic, ruined me financially, doubled down, started second slide to take money that was that apparel companies were making and funnel it back into programs worked for the seals i'm an analyst i do all this stuff and anytime someone says you're doing a lot to grow the game shut up like we're we're all just out here doing things stop pretending that you're some hero by saying grow the game because you decided to run a free clinic once a year in a place that forgot about you four hours after the clinic was over i'm done now with that
2: that's a great point but i would like to say really quickly that i definitely grow the game more by going to the bar down lounge which you can too by buying your tickets in baltimore this weekend (laughs) 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 this guy's
0: this guy's a pro this guy's a pro um i think yeah the, the grow the game especially when it comes to like uh you know people putting on these uh you know these summer tournaments or these showcases or whatever like i think grow the game at this point in lacrosse it's almost become like the uh like saying no offense before you say something and then saying something really offensive. Right. Like it, like it just gives you like carte blanche to say or do whatever you want to do. But like, you're like, but, but I'm growing the game by doing it. So, um, and or, I have or, or, no or as, problem.
1: like, I, I am running a business to make money. I want to be rich one day off of the work that we're doing with second slide. What I will not pretend to do is to be some hero because I'm saying that it's growing the game, even though the underlying model objectively is a better decision for communities. Like we think that that in the end wins and makes all of us a shitload of money. The programs, us, everybody. It's, it's the people that, you know, hey, we're gonna do, it's like carbon offsets. We donated $500,000 to protect the forest that was already there. So by not cutting down the trees, we're actually pretty great people. What are we talking about? Like you're just, you're, you're making it try to sound like you're doing something great when you're lining your own pockets. Just say that you're making money. Say that you're in this for the reasons that you are, you know, stop gaslighting, dog whistling, race baiting, all that other stuff, convincing me that you're trying to be a great person when I know you're not
0: but then to bring it back to twitter it also then allows people to that because we got into a little bit of a grow the game off between dukes and um ottawa i would across, like wait, wait, wait. On, on, i would on, like on, on twitter because like it gives you it gives you that ability to be like hey i'm growing the game and uh so all of a sudden nick Acello is a burner account we lost his uh so he's a twitter egg there he goes Sorry, there, yeah. um so but that. but it but it gives you the ability to then put yourself like better yourself than everybody else out there on Twitter. Like I'm growing the game and like a place of ne- fake moral authority to put someone yes, else. Down. Yes. Those, those, thank you, Nick. I, I needed, I needed that big brain you. of yours to put the Did
1: words you into my mouth. Did get into a grow the game off by the way? Don't try to down. No, 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 yeah. no, no,
2: no, 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 no. I'll stick up for myself here. I, I saw where you're going to, but that guy completely took a shot at me in a grow the game. It wasn't like, I was like, I grow the game more. It was very, I like, ironic where i was like i'm doing more growing the game by drinking but he was making fun of me for that than like anything you could do i will say i will apologize to ottawa capital lax i did not know that he ran i did not know that he ran a youth clinic i just thought he was a twitter shit poster ottawa
1: capitals lax is the name it's the ottawa capitals i I don't even know what that is
2: yeah, I didn't know that. So when you, when you said that, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm an asshole.
1: Uh, what is funny is I have a call with his son uh, after this to talk about getting them a second slide store, uh, and his son plays in the NLL. So you, you got all kinds of people that are just going to hate you. Uh, uh, but I'm used to that. That's a 25-year that's yeah. well, thing. And and that's, that's another stupid thing. Maybe another thing that I hate about, maybe not lacrosse Twitter in general, but lacrosse in general is – like, in order for the sport to advance, you need to check boxes that people love sports for. Like, what do you think of when you think college football? You're probably not thinking of sitting in the stands, uh, you know, watching Georgia Tech run the triple option. I think of playing cornhole in a parking lot when I see. I look down, I'm holding one bag, and I see three because I've had 45 cores lights. I see four F15s fly over, and I get all fired up because there's the band, there's the pageantry, there's this and that. Lacrosse is not at a place to replicate college uh, football yet, of course. We all know that. But there are these things exactly like what the bar down is doing. Like, go, it doesn't have to be so focused on, ooh, what are the X's and O's of this? I just want to have some drinks, be around lacrosse, watch a behind the back goal, watch a Hail Mary, watch a hook and ladder, do all of these different things. So to claim that someone like, you know, again, it, it's this grow the game off, I'm in a better place of moral authority because I'm doing X. Whereas you're doing why we're all pushing the same ball. We're all moving the same needle. And if no one else is going to do it, like if the bar down ceased to exist and there wasn't a fun, what are 21 year old to 26 year olds? Why would they care about the PLL? They're working their first job out of college. And my problem, um, not my problem, but I think the biggest problem with pro outdoor lacrosse, they have, they're not competing against the MLB. They're competing against a beach, a grill, cornhole partying and bars like you're competing with summer so you need to incorporate that into what the pll is to cater to that 21 to 27 demo to make it fun for them make them give a shit by having fun there like i think they should double down on that and have like hey we're having the cornhole tournament uh byob in the parking lot before the game if you're between 21 and 25 you get a free ticket like i think there there are a lot of levers to pull that would make lacrosse at least have an attempt for why a lot of people, uh, you know, in that younger demographic love sports in general. It's a way to get outside and booze and have fun and cheat the shit with your friends. Uh, and I think to discredit that and just say that, well, yeah, go and drink beer, that's really good. It is really good. It, it's it's more needed than a lot of other initiatives that I think lacrosse grow the game people are taking up.
0: Well, I know I you mean, got to that- go Dukes, you, you were just like gro- that, that right there. That was uh, yeah. j- just, I, I don't think that there's a more ringing endorsement for why you need to be the biggest booze hound in America it's this yeah. weekend at Homewood Field at the it's Bar Field, Down Beer yeah. Lounge. And
1: I mean, I, you know, if, if I was doing the own Bar Down, I'd dust you guys. I'd be way funnier, way more handsome. I'd be <laughs> mingling, talking to the people. People would go, that guy's a pretty good guy. His head was a little shiny, but that's okay. So a good silver medal, dudes, you know, it's a good yeah, silver I know.
2: medal. Second place is what I'm best at. But bef- before you go, I'm just talking about just what the PL could help out with. I've had this thought with Jordy. You think Monday night lacrosse would do with the PLL?
1: I don't think any of the players would be able to make it because they can't take off work. But for the casual fan, I do think it would give them something to look forward to after work when nothing else is on. I think that would be a great idea
2: would you will, be willing to take that job as a uh, announcer or on? on hundred uh... percent.
1: If it's announcing, I'm in, it's the greatest job of all time. I'm actually trying to talk to some football programs to like make a run at it. Um, cause I did play in the Fiesta bowl where you didn't. So keep your mouth shut when it comes to college football, cause you <laughs> don't have an opinion. But if there's a career to be made announcing is where it's at. You get to go to the game for free. They don't even make you buy a ticket. They pay you you get to wear makeup and feel like a cute, handsome little guy. And then you get to say like my favorite bit lately has, uh, I'll go, um, hanging out with a buddy. I'm like, yeah, what channel's the game on? And they're like, Oh, I think it might be ESPN. I'm like, dude, I really don't want to talk about work. Like, please don't. bring." Me ESPN. <laughs> and then the second best thing is, so I work for the seals broadcasting, but I got up, uh, bumped up to like the national West coast broadcast last year, brag. Um, and so I got, I think like two payments from like ESPN or whatever the agreement was. NLL ESPN, and the check is written out and the job title—it's just called talent. So it's like, oh, here's you know X amount for the talent of the broadcast, dudes. What do your checks say? Do they say talent? Moron. Well, you must not be very yeah, talented. Yeah. Racist.
2: <laughs> Racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh, would you, uh, would you announce from the bar down beer lounge, by the way, you, you get to go to the game for free when you're announcing the game, but you can pretty much go to the game for close to free this weekend in Baltimore, only $22 get you into the door. (laughs) Then anyone 21 or over can come into the bar down beer lounge, grab themselves a couple icy cold ones. Maybe, uh, you can. Go up to Doug's or Billy and, and get them in a little chug off. Nick, you'd probably lose those chug offs. Uh, you seem like a guy who likes to, I don't know, sip on a nice. I don't even know get what there. you'd be sipping on these. I, I know, I know. You'd probably be. Oh. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to like make fun of you for not drinking because I think that that's that's. A good, I yeah. So I, big, I think that that's a good thing. Like that's that's taking like a, a
1: big step back from drinking. Fourth of July was. I was like, Ooh, maybe. Maybe I should keep an eye on this because that was not my best performance.
0: i was I was gonna make fun of you for like drinking like some sort of like mocktail or non-alcoholic, but then at the same time, it's like, I don't want to make fun of people for yeah. not drinking booze because that's they like mean, a tough that's yeah, it's like a tough thing to, to It's uh, not.
1: like I, I really think that everybody should make fun of everybody for everything. Yeah. like so yeah, th- like take a dig and if it offends a guy who's, you know recovering from alcoholism, learning to laugh at yourself like self-loathing is a great path towards self-improvement and you're going to have some great bits along the way of that path. I'll, I'll tell you that right now.
0: Yeah. I've just been seeing too many, uh, too many Canadians on Twitter to be able to just be able to laugh at myself. So I'm kind of there. They've been rubbing off on me.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that Canadians are so funny in person. And then they just get online and put on a diaper and shit their pants.
0: I, I really, who's
1: a funny Canadian I mean, I guess you got, you know, the spitting chicklets guys and like a random hockey guy every now and again. But, I mean, who's a funny Canadian in the lacrosse world online?
0: Besides guy, I I think – I don't know how funny he is. I I enjoy like Del Bianco on Twitter. I I like the goalies on Twitter.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, they're not like –
0: they're not not funny, but –
2: Back of the birds funny. Yeah. Like I, I, at least saw, I at least saw one of their tweets the other day, and it gave me a chuckle. I got a chuckle.
1: I, I mean, yeah, I, I loved producing that because I just fuck up the episode every time. They're like, "Hey, Nick, wrong intro again. Do you mind, do you mind getting it right once?" And I'm like, ah, sorry. We're we're,
0: <laughs> we're all shitty." So, um, all right, well, yeah, that's all right, that's enough of you. That was fun. It was good. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh what a fucker what a fucker um all right well so dukes I, i think i think we got to a good point there um again i don't think that anyone's necessarily going to listen to that entire episode and see where we got to where we got to and how we got there uh but the fact is we laid it all out there now it's up to everyone on twitter to continue to either shit on you or get your back and that's that's all we can ask for Keep just keep the conversation going. I think that's good for all of us. Like I I know that we said that we aren't just orchestrating uh, takes for the hell of it, but I will say I do love having a lot of the conversation in the lacrosse community revolving around our show. If if we're just being totally honest and totally transparent, I do love people talking about the show, good or bad.
2: It's it's also one of those things where, like, when it comes down to it, my take was genuine. I still believe that the Cannons are better off without him, even though I think he's still a great player. Both those things can be true, by the way. I know that might be like a wild concept, but at the end of the episode, I feel way more comfortable with my take. Uh, I feel like I ha- didn't really get to like shut down the racist claims, which I would have loved to have done. So i just like to do that now. I'm not a racist. <laughs> I'm not a racist. So I'll just want to shut that down. But yeah, I mean, also like when it came down to it, when Nick was like, why are we replying to all these people? I'll tell you why. Because when he's talking about talents up, I'm, I'm in the clicks business. Where like, if I see there's a dialogue between something that I started, I'd be a coward to r- run away from it. The more I talk about it, the more people are like, "What is he talking about?" The more they'll go look at the clip, and like, what like a hundred thousand people viewed the t- click, uh, the the take. It's like that's great for the game of the girls. That's great for the crease dive brand. Oh, you're gr- great You're growing.
0: You're growing everything right there. Um, I'm not growing
2: yeah. the game. I'm growing the social account. <laughs> Grow <laughs> uh, that bank account.
0: <laughs> yeah. So make sure you guys are uh make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the crease dive on both. We are also stool crease dive on TikTok. Let's let's grow everything. We're just gains on gains on gains on gains. Um all right. Well, so listen. Cannons are, are they're a wagon right now. they have been an unstoppable force for the past four weeks. Right. We won't get a chance to see them until the final game of this weekend as the PLL heads to Homewood, always uh, an unbelievable weekend for the game. Uh, this place is going to be packed out. Uh, pretty sure it's, it's, basically sold out right now but as we've mentioned before uh there are still a few tickets available if you uh we've got the link up on our socials you can get a ticket for 22 dollars that gets you into the building and then anyone 21 or older can come into the bar down lounge and we've got four great games on deck for this weekend two of them are going to be on abc uh it all gets going this saturday august 5th 3 p.m we've got archers taking on atlas uh I mean, dude, Ar- archers, water dogs last week. What a game goals galore. Um, and I mean, this obviously, I mean, the the combination of pretty much everyone that the archers have rolling on offense right now between, you know, Schreiber, Connor fields, just having, I, I don't know if it's a resurgence out of Connor fields, but but I feel like this is like the best Connor Fields season that we've had probably since that first, that first PLL season.
2: I think that him and Mac, have just with the two man pick and roll, just being able to bounce off each other. Um, I think that Connor's definitely more of a shooter than a passer, which, but the way they've been able to do the two man with that, like with Grant going to the midfield, still got Matt Moore down low. That, that Archer's offense is legit, um, it, which is kind of crazy. I, they, like they are, to me, the best team in the league, but at the same time, I don't know if I feel as confident in them winning at all.
0: See, I, I feel like I uh, so a con. Uh, it's yeah, them or what? the water dogs, it's them or the water, and we say it every single week it's them and the water dogs because they, but like, I, I feel like I give them the edge because I still think, and we'll see it, we'll see it this weekend for sure. Um, just how much the, the face off continues to either matter or not matter. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely see it this week between sis and Baptiste at the face off stripe. Uh, then we'll also see what happens with the final game of the weekend in water dogs cannons to see. Uh, obviously we're recording this on Wednesday. So the, the lineups aren't out yet, but I can't imagine either of those teams are dressing a face off guy. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what that uh, sis first Baptiste matchup looks like. I think Baptiste has been doing an unbelievable job at, just being a little bit more creative with his exits lately. Um, We'll see if that or Sisselberg will be able to kind of keep up with that. Uh, And if he can hold his own in this matchup here, then I don't see any reason why they're not clearly the best team in the league. They've got an elite offense. They've got bullies on defense. Oh my God. How much like Graham Hosick might've had the best bully game of the year. Last week, just fuck, laying by like that man is a shit brick house. Uh, and if you come onto his train tracks, you are done. So, I mean, just bullies on defense and then Dobber between the cage been unbelievable Atlas able to kind of keep their season alive last week uh, with, with, with a big win there. I still think that there's a lot of issues there um, with, with their, their defense and goaltending and just things haven't really been clicking for them. So uh I, I think this is one where, if the Atlas are able to keep this tight with the archers, I think that that's that's enough of a win for them. Um, but I could definitely see this getting ugly.
2: Yeah, this one is uh, this one's a tough read for me because I, I don't really believe in that Atlas defense at this point of the year. Still think the offense is enough to keep this one close. Um, as of right now, I guess my safe bet is I don't really want to touch the spreads at all. I'll probably stick with Archer's money line. Probably throw it into a parlay, but Archer's money line would be where I lean right now. Official plays will be out on my Twitter page. Do up double zero GS. Um, by the way, want to have a real quick talk about my picks? Fairfield, three and zero. Forgot to place the first game bet, but if you, I probably would bet on the Water Dogs who lost, so or, or the Whip Snakes who lost, so three and one in Fairfield. Four and zero clean sweep last week. I think we had seven and one going into this weekend am I the hottest gambler in PLL history? Most are saying
0: that does that mean that does water find its level or are we keeping this going?
2: We're keeping this going. I, I'm seeing the board extremely well.
0: All right. Uh, we've got, so that game's 3 PM on ABC. I think again, I, I love these ABC games. I think that, uh, little extra juice in the game when it's a nationally televised broadcast. So I, I, see a lot of goals in this one, but most of those goals coming from the archers. So I'd, i agree with you there. Archers money line. Uh, I would definitely, definitely take the over in that one as well. So 3 PM on ABC, uh, 5 30 PM. We've got the whip snakes taking on the Chrome uh, whips pulling out a great win against chaos lit last week. Uh, another team that's just keeping their season alive there. All you have to do is just not be in the very bottom, uh, and unfortunately, right now the Chrome have found themselves in the bottom. And before we get into this game, obviously, we should probably talk about the uh, Dylan Dylan Malloy situation going on with Chrome LC right now. So. Dukes, tough one, tough one for you. I, I know that this, uh, this has probably been keeping you up at night a little bit, but the Chrome ended up releasing Dill Malloy. And as the story goes so far, it, it seems like uh, Dill Malloy unhappy with his you know, standing with the Chrome Chrome, probably a little unhappy with how, uh, you know, Dill Malloy has been, you know, playing so far this season or, or playing and, or not playing. Uh, so they came to an agreement. They, they, Coach Sudan said, hey, listen, I'll see if I can trade you. And if no one's going to trade for you, I'll put you on the waiver wire. If anyone picks you up, then fine. But if no one picks you up, I'll be happy to to claim you. Uh, so clearly a trade wasn't going to transpire. He gets released and still no word yet uh, on, on, on if he'll be claimed. But uh, what, what do you think? Obviously, I guess by the time that people are listening to this, If you're listening to this early, then nothing's happened so far. So you're just in in the dark as we are.
2: It's probably the worst time in the season to be released to the waiver wire. because It's not like the teams are really figuring out who they want to be or what their identity is. This is when you start coming to who's my 19-man roster going to be going forward into the playoffs and for the playoff push. So if um, the cannons for a team that I think he could fit well on, even coming out of the box or something, I'm not touching him. If I'm the Redwoods, I'm only touching him if I'm trying not to get that last like if I'm fighting for a playoff spot and like we we have no other options. Um so I, I just think it's a bad time for Dylan to kind of reach to get to get in the period or the player or whatever. I think that he sure Hill line I still think he's he's one year removed from being second in points for the Chrome who were the second seed last, last summer. They won the PLL championship series. He was the M V P. Um so I, I think that like He's still obviously a good player. And yeah, I think he's better than Cross Ferrara. I think that this is when you have to separate the GM from the coach. I think that Sudo's probably got like a suck on for Cross. Um, I'm not really sure. But yeah, I think that Dylan's a great player. I think that Nick Turn, I think that like Nick Turn is kind of done with the PLL. So I think that right now they're trying to see what their attack line is going to next year. And they're obviously happy, happy with Morrill and with Snousius. And they're trying to think for the future with Cross. But it won't even matter because Cross Ferrari will probably only start for this year, and then they'll get Brendan
0: O'Neill. Well, so one, I, I yeah, I agree that Brendan would come in and kind of take that spot over for sure. Um, I I don't know if he'd have like a hard on for Cross Ferrar. It's not like he's been dressing this entire summer, uh, but in the games that he's gotten in, uh, all but
2: he's one of them, go, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, so I I think I think his second game of the season, he was he went a little silent, but I mean, first game of the season. Monster game out of him with the game winner, um, and this past weekend in Dallas, the guy had three goals. So, listen, um, I think listen is Dylan Malloy better than Cross Ferrara? Probably, may but like, I, I just think that right now in this, there just aren't that many guys, and we kind of talked about this with like there are only so many guys that are like truly a full level above. Everybody else, like there, there are like little tier, like there are tiers, and then there are levels, right? And and I think that Dylan Malloy and Cross Ferrara are probably on the same level. Dylan Malloy might be a tier up in that level, but he's not an an entire level above. You know, like
2: does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Like, I like I I know what you're saying, but I totally disagree in the sense, like Cross Ferrara, what, like he's had he's played four games this year, two. Two, he's two. He's played very like he's played well. Like it's not like the guy's like bad at lacrosse. I mean, he, he's obviously professional. He's better than me. Not saying anything like that. He's also had two games where he's, ha- he's he's he hasn't showed up. He's still in the bus. So like we kind of know what we can get out of Cross for. Our, until he starts doing it consistently, like Malloy has done it consistently at least.
3: Right, but that's but, but, but like that's future, but, I get
2: but, it.
0: Yeah, but that's just like like Cross just hasn't had the amount of time to prove that he can do it consistently. Like, I think that on a talent level, like you put him out, like he guy had three goals, like a a production and talent level guy had three goals. Like, I don't know what more you would want out of him or how much more you could get out of someone else in that situation. Like, I don't like, there are just guys who can do things that no one else in the world can do. And I, I'm not, entirely short like i think that dill malloy can do a lot of things so much better than anybody else out there but i don't think that there's something that he does that no one else can really do so like i think you can put cross there and he can do those things maybe not as well every single time but he could like i don't know like i just think that right now the fact that like no one is is going to trade for him and then i guess we'll see if anyone picks him up on the waiver wire like that'll truly be telling of like how tight the gap is for roster spot in in the PLL like there are just so many guys who are so good and you need to be so much better than anybody else to make sure that like your spot is like never leaving
2: my the last thing I'll kind of touch on, I don't really think it's ever going to be a talent thing for the coaches for why they wouldn't want Dylan Molloy. I think it's just everything from the outside looking in, or from coaches talking to coaches, and it could be uh, something in that regard where I why they wouldn't want him in their locker room or something. But I, I don't think it's a talent thing with Dylan. I mean, yeah, I'm i the- I'm
0: also not saying that he's not, like I'm. I this is more of me saying that Cross Ferrara is really fucking good. As opposed to me saying that Dill Malloy isn't. Like, I'm not saying Dill Malloy's washed. Like he's still like a sick lacrosse player. I'm saying that like I don't think like I don't know. I think it'd be unfair to say that Cross Ferrara can't be at least producing at a similar level.
2: Yeah. In the
0: in, I, in the pros, like I, I understand, Cross Ferrar is never going to have a towards onto his name. I get that; like he'll never be able to catch up in that regard. But like as a professional player, like I think that he can he can go in and he can give you three goals a game. And if you do that for a full season, it's like the same production that you'd be getting anyway.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that I've seen him also just not show up. I'm not going to base it off like two games that a team and play good.
0: Um, all right. Well, either way, I think, I think right now there's just so much going on with that Chrome team, uh, way too much, just, uh, just a lot, a lot of distractions going on in the locker room. Don't know, uh, just how on page everybody is with the, on that team. So I think that this should be easy pickings for the whip snakes to get themselves on a winning streak, something that they desperately need to do so it'll it'll only be two games but i think that that'll be their first actual streak of the season first probably streak since last summer since uh they also couldn't get anything going in the championship series
2: yeah yeah um hold on i'm just sorry i was just reading something but yeah
3: all right
0: uh So, yep, uh, final two games of the weekend. That brings us to Sunday, 1 p.m. Also on ABC, we've got the Redwoods who need to get back on track here. They've uh, dropped two in a row. Obviously, they got crushed. In Fairfield, and then last weekend they got crushed again 16 to 10 by the Cannons. Uh, this week they will be taking on the Chaos. Chaos dropped a, a tight one to the Whip Snakes last week. Uh, they were also without Dylan Ward, who was on paternity leave. I don't know, is, is I'm not, not quite sure how long that's going to last for Dylan Ward. tomorrow.
3: Yeah, yeah
0: so we'll, we'll find out then. So it'll be a little bit tough, uh, to make the call on that one. Oh wait, no. I I'm thinking about the wrong guy. Wow, I was I was thinking about so many box players on the chaos that I just put Dylan Ward in yeah. that. Yeah. obviously yeah, uh, obviously, Blaze will be between the pipes, so we could just. All right, I caught that quick enough. So if if you were like yelling at me in your car for like the last ten seconds, being like Dylan Ward doesn't play for the chaos, yeah, I we're not going to edit that out. Anyway, yeah, don't we're worry be... about it. It's um, been a long some... episode. Yeah, I know. Someone's driving to Baltimore right now. They were about to just fucking jerk the wheel on 95 uh being like he doesn't play for the chaos oh uh, i played g1 <laughs> uh either way redwoods chaos should be a great one um another game on abc and again you just need to find a way to get more people involved with the redwoods right now just uh trying to look back at how that game played out last week against the cannons you get a lot of cursed on curse crime by the way that redwoods cannons game so uh i i know that our boy nestler probably had to be loving it um yeah so a big, big curse game uh you got you know a big westberg game so if, if we can get a little bit more of that just more guys pitching in to help out Ryder and pinnell uh should be good
2: yeah i'm gonna i'm going with the chaos in this one i'm not i i just i think that redwoods are It's crazy because Ron has played so well this year. I feel like I kind of thought that it was not a resurgence because he hasn't been gone, but almost an MVP caliber year. Same with Ryder. Um, It it just sucks to see what's kind of happened to the Redwoods. But, yeah, I'm fading them. I'm going with the Chaos minus one and a half. I think just – what what week are we in? Week seven, week eight, Chaos are clicking. We know what they're going to do. If we did a weekly power ranking, they probably wouldn't be one or two But once it comes to the playoff times. They'll, they'll always be up there. They'll always be competing. I think Blaze knows what's on the line, especially after last week, um, dropping that to the web stake. So I expect Blaze to win this one for them. minus uh, yeah, one and a half.
0: I do think that the Lax Gods definitely owe um, one to the chaos here as well for the fact that that goal, uh, the air gate from Josh Byrne, wiped off the board last week after – I mean, listen, it, was it a good challenge by Coach Staggs? Sure. Was it greasy to take that goal away from the lacrosse world for the rest of history? Absolutely. Uh, Unbelievable. Would have been goal of the year. Maybe one of the best goals scored in the league. Uh, Josh Byrne, just such an electric player. Uh, Every single time he's on the field, he's doing something nuts, but that was something that was crazy to see would have been sick, but Stags has to hate fun and uh, took that one off the board for everybody. So yeah, lax gods will definitely Try to even out the playing field for for the chaos in that one. So we'll definitely see them getting a couple good calls in this game. So maybe that could be the kicker. We'd we'll love to see a tight game. Just want to see something going right here for the Redwoods, though, because I, I agree. It is is a little sad to see how the state of affairs have turned after you know, the past couple weeks in the season. And that will bring us into the final game of the weekend. We've got the water dogs taking on the Cannons. So now we can get to Dylan Ward's paternity leave. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see uh, how that plays out. Once the lineups come out, Uh, I guess, as you're listening to this today, uh, but as we're recording this, we we still don't know yet. Cannons been playing unbelievable. Uh, Dukes, you've been been all over this team. Do they keep it rolling or do the aqua pups, uh, you know, get themselves back into the win column. They'll have yourself, Billy, myself in attendance at the bar down beer lounge. So, um, you know, they played pretty well in front of us. The last time we were all together in Fairfield might have a little, little bit of juice with a, uh, uh, at least a couple of partial owners between yourself and and Billy in, in attendance.
2: For my dime right now, I'm saying that the Cannons and the Waterdogs are the two best teams in the league at the moment. And I'd I put them above the Archers. Uh, I think that Dylan Ward does make a difference in net. I think if Dylan Ward plays, they got that dub last week. Cursed has been – what I think you need exceptional goaltending to win it all in the PLL. Nestle is probably backstage going to be mad about this, but – I'm not ready to put Colin Kirst in the elite category yet, but boy, he's making it pretty hard. I mean, he just makes the saves he has to make. He's saving like when when you save anything above 60%, he went for like 64 and 63 in his last two outings. And he makes it, makes it pretty hard to have an argument against him. I think he's been quietly one of the most underappreciated players for this cannon team or the most underrated uh, players, maybe like in, in the rookie sophomore class. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to roll with the cannons in this one going against my dogs. Um, I just think that there, there, there's something special going on at the moment. Um, the, the offense defense. And how about Jack Healty? He does not get enough love for how good he is. I think he's one of the most, best defensemen in the PLL in general, and he, just nobody talks about him, and I, I, I'm not re- really sure why. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the cannons do, how they solidify that back end. Like, will they go with Max Wayne, when they go with CBR, uh, who, who will be their polls. So, yeah, and the battle of no face-offs, but we'll also just start seeing, like, the rock, paper, scissors, like, who wants to pick up the ball between, like, Ethan Rawl, who's been amazing, and uh, Gobert. So, yeah, then, I think, by, like, Eli Gobert, he, he's got to be in the conversation for MVP.
0: Yeah, I was I was about to say, like, I, I feel like this this Water Dogs defense, and sure, they benefit a little bit now from having a guy like Dylan Ward between the pipes, but, like, they, they just have so many of these – really underrated polls just such a great defensive unit. and not just even their polls like I, I think that they've got some of the best d middies in the game as well uh, of course yeah like, they keep them know. so fresh they just four yeah so i mean you, you got witcher higgins Scarpell, like like Haze, just a yeah. great defensive unit uh with gobrek and liam burns and i i think that this this is a team right here where obviously everything's kind of clicking for the cannons offensively they they have a you know that obviously the most efficient offense in the game. I think that this is probably the the best defensive unit. Um, obviously like gobrek's having an insane season. Um, but I think like what's, what's great about the water dogs defense is that they're very similar to the cannons offense to where like, I guess like gobrek would almost be like their, their version of Asher Nolting, but like it's, it's kind of like an everybody eats defense. And then you've got the everybody eats offense against Kent can- with cannons. So it's a, it's a great matchup there. I um, think that this is a, a beauty of a game to end the weekend on uh, should be tight. Again, it, it kind of comes down to me if Dylan Ward's in net or not. Um, but uh, also just want to shout out Thomas McConvey Have, having a, a great summer so far. So I'm going to right now I'm, I'm going to side with water dogs, even with or without dylan ward in there but i'll feel a little bit more confident if he's back
2: yeah it's like it, it, I, I agreed with your sentiment one that came across my head too it's just i think that like the cannons defense has been i think equally as good and co- cohesive and that and that uh kind of goes with i think with cursed and um they're the really the defense is uh putting it together but yeah that that's what i have the cannons money line um before we get going, we have Nestle backstage for his intern minute. Talk about war at the shore, fellas.
3: We got we got demolished at war at the shore. I talked a lot of smack, uh, didn't back it up. That's a prime example of how not to win curse to the week. Uh, we went two and three on the weekend, but cool. had an unreal time. Yeah, we 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 definitely got lit up a little bit. We're, we're a little older than we remembered. I think we got to recruit some more young bucks and maybe some more defensemen. Uh, my older brother, who's, who's he's probably 42. He's in his 30s. Uh, shout out to him playing well on the goal. And uh, shout out to everyone else. But um, just one thing I want to touch on, shout out to one team who showed up Sunday morning to win their first playoff game. And then we went to play them and they decided to forfeit and decided to talk shit on the way out and didn't want to play. That team sucks. Um, you know who you are. And then I want uh I gotta find their team name. We'll get into it next week. You gotta find like a deep picture somewhere. But they were they were hating on Cabrini, they were talking a lot of smack and they forfeited for after waking up at like 7:45 in the morning. So not too, they had plenty of guys, not too sure why they did that, but uh and also anti-Salisbury podcaster from here on out. We ran into them, they beat us again. It's just a tale as old as time. I'm tired of it. Uh, fuck Salisbury. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. But fuck Ross, uh, say
2: fuck Cross Ferrara.
3: Fuck Cross Ferrara. He can clip it. He'll probably put up clips of him scoring the game winner on OT against me last year, two years ago. But uh, either way, all press is good press. I'll tell you what,
0: you, you said that you'll talk about it until you're blue in the face. Okay. Looking a little, looking a little red in the face right now. Nestle, you mm-hmm. not pack any sunscreen with you toward the shore?
3: So I did. I I put on a couple a couple layers of sunscreen. Uh, I'm definitely red. I ate a lot of sun rays. I don't breathe much when I talk. So I just, <laughs> I, just <laughs> I just sort of cruise and get more red when I talk. Um, but I'm definitely sunburned just coming into it. So you're right about that. Um, Cursed of the week. So I want to go into a couple honorable mentions for Cursed of the week. Uh, first honorable mentions, Mary Lee, our gracious host. The first ever honorable mention of Curse of the Week. She hosted 26 guys under one roof. Um, it was an unbelievable time. Great time with the fellas. Second honorable mention is Cole Curst. Uh, unbelievable performance. Scores a hat trick on his older brother, Colin. A lot of crease action, but that's what a good lacrosse player does. They're in the right place, right time. And winner of Curse of the Week. Our first ever back-to-back winner, Colin curse baby. Shout-out to Colin <laughs> Kirst. Unbelievable career-high 17 saves to get the Cannons going 4-0. I know the Cannons players are loving it. Um, I know Dugues is loving it. He's not a believer just yet.
2: No no, 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 Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I gave him yes, –
3: I'm a believer in cursed. All right. Duke's a believer in curse. You can put it on record. Um, when I Sorry, go down. Lyle,
0: Lyle Thompson's never won back-to-back curse of the week. He has not.
3: He has not. That 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 is very true. When I go down this weekend to Baltimore, I plan on presenting Co- uh, Colin Kirst with a little memorabilia for winning back-to-back curse of the week. So we'll see what I can scrape up to give him. Um, but, yeah, so first ever from him. And shout out those honorable mentions as well. So, it was a fun filled lacrosse weekend. And Janks doesn't have ESPN Plus, or they lied to me, and they do. So I was watching it on my phone.
1: All right. Great,
0: me. great rundown. Uh, to tough, be t- yeah. I mean, tough performance reward the shore. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it doesn't get any easier as the years go by, you start to hate these pricks who come fresh out of college every yeah. single year and they just have all the gas in the world. Uh, and all of a sudden you guys are sucking wind between the boxes yeah. and you're like, get me out of here. Get me, a, give me a little booze bag and some more IV. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think you're almost there. Listen, you're going to come to the Bar Down Beer Lounge while you're in Baltimore, and I think you're really going to start to find out that you're uh, a little better built for watching lacrosse watch, these watch days. Than, than playing. Yeah. We, we all we all find it out at some point in life. Uh, so I I, I think uh, I, I found it out after tearing an ACL, playing men's league. Duges, it seems uh-huh. like you found it out after uh, yeah. snapping your ankle in 15 places. I playing, can't, I can't it. down
3: like that. I well, can you you might just
0: have to realize it after going two and three at worth the shore and then having an unbelievable weekend at the bar down beer lounge and tell what everybody else in the greater Baltimore area, or even not in the Baltimore area, you can make a trip from anywhere in the world to go there, but you guys are going to have an unbelievable weekend at Homewood field. uh, As you come down, $22, get you into the door. Anyone 21 or over can go into the bar down beer lounge, uh, boys and anything else before we wrap up this episode and, uh, get on the road here.
2: Uh no I don't but just I think Lyle Thompson is good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, not a ra- Dukes is not a racist. Can I? Uh,
3: I, I, was, I was gonna go as, as my party message as well. Confirm, yeah. not racist.
0: So just uh, just a little. Yet, s-
2: according, yet according to <laughs> the eye on Twitter, <laughs> yet
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not a racist, but, yeah, uh, but... but I'll tell you what. Duges will be certified not a race. Let me let me just pull up the numbers here real quick. He will be not a racist if we can get the crease dive YouTube subscriptions oh. to. Uh, so right now we are at one point two four k. Let us let, get it up to uh, one point three k. Shouldn't take too much more to, to get us there. So get us to. And to if we 1. don't, we're 3- fire Nestler.
2: No, yeah.
3: no. All yeah. right. We we gotta, All I'll, right. Get, I'll so, get us there. I'll get so, us there. So let's get the YouTube <laughs> oh, subscriptions
0: up. Make sure you're following us on social. We are at The Crease Dive on Twitter and Instagram. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out.
3: I got your picture. I'm coming with you, dear Maria. Come in. There's a story at the bottom of this bottle.